Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Class is in. It's time for Breaking Chains and History Talk with Dr. Lavert Kemp. Sit back, relax, learn, and listen. Pick up the phone and get involved in the conversation. 858-357-9137. Listen and learn who you are. Learn the true history of how society was physically built. Learn the history of who you really are. Learn the history of your people. It's Breaking Chains and History Talk with Dr. Lavert Kemp every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on YAT Radio, leaving a mark that can't be erased by breaking the chains of silence through history. Being brought to you by the United Theological Seminary and Bible College, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Good evening. Good evening to each and everyone tonight. God bless you. And I ask that God will continue to strengthen you. As we prepare to go into that, there's so much suffering going on in this world today. We know that over in the Ukraine, what's going on in the United States, and things are still so problematic right here in our country, in the United States of America. So many things are going on done in America because of the problems in the Ukraine. Children are dying. Uh, Russia is bombing uh, hospitals, schools, churches. It, it doesn't matter. They are literally trying to blow Ukraine off the map. And there's so much, but the Ukrainians are fighting for their independence. And and so as we see it every night, but there's so many things that left on the table that we uh, should be fighting for right here at home. I don't believe in not having the love and compassion for others, and that I do have. But uh, charity starts at home, and sometimes our heart pulls out for other folks, but in reality, uh, we haven't received our just do right in America as African Americans. We haven't received our just do writing. Right now, uh, things are trying to time back. And when I say turn time back, what I'm dealing with is the injustices of the Voting Right Act. I'm talking about the gerrymandering. I'm talking about voter suppression. And then with all that going on, them voting to suppress our votes, then we ourselves as African Americans are are so lackadaisical, we don't go out to the polls in numbers unless some specific black candidate is running for office. And so we, we, we lose elections that we shouldn't lose, and we lose different things that we could gain, specifically dealing with uh, our, our country. As our population grow and the population closer and white America is is up in arms right now, and that's why you see uh, the GOP and just others, too, all over the globe uh, here in America uh, are upset. They're upset because they will, they're losing power. As the population fastly is growing with Hispanics and Asians, uh, the population are growing. Uh, the population of African-Americans is stable, staying pretty much the same with population growth. 
for Caucasians or white or so-called white America, they uh, the population growth is 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 down for them producing offspring, and that's one thing that they're hurting because they feel in the next forty years that they will no longer be the majority. So they're coming up with all types of voter suppression and do away with the, uh, try to put who they want on the Supreme Court and how they try to gerrymander while they are in, in power, gerrymander where they could make sure the odds are stacked against people of color. Uh, all these things are going on right here in the United States and we're fighting a war against the people right here in America. We find America is fighting against itself with human rights, but yet America could travel all over the world and tell everyone else about human rights. And African Americans, Native Americans, uh, Hispanics, and others don't have the rights right here in America. Although people could come from other nations, specifically European nations, and come and uh, treat it, and they are able to get jobs. They're able to 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 uh, uh, circumvent different things that we're not able to circumvent. Uh, just I noticed that they would allow uh, some uh, Latinos to come from Mexico and allow them to come into America. But when Haitian, when when the Haiti people from Haiti was going through turmoil right there. They tried to come in. They sent them to other countries. They sent them right back to where they came from. They didn't even give them a chance to come to America. And it's a shame every time some blacks try to come to America, it's almost like you're not wanted. And what's what's ironic about this situation our president, even President Biden, went along with that. So that's not a star on his chest. Uh, they've been doing that for years. People from Cuba could come here and come to the land. That was okay, especially those Cubans who look more Caucasian than uh, uh, Latino or African-American, not African-American, but African-Cuban. Um, they were able to they send those back. And so the population have continued to grow in the opposite way, and things are remaining the same. As we uh, look around us, and we will see that things are being the, the same. We're not moving forward. If anything, we're going back. I said the voting right act, and we still are getting the same thing over and over again. Black kids are being killed. The police are killing kids. They're, they are coming in houses with these illegal search things and killing individuals when they come in, no no knock warrant. And as they kill the people, they get away with it, and they wonder why blacks uh, riot and blacks do different things. And it's because you've been getting along with it, away with it, and they say, well, we need to take it to court. When we take it to court, it's always it's, it has always been when African Americans and do it the right way. Whatever Caucasian, whatever murderer kills a policeman kills that African American kid or adult. Nothing they never have to pay for it. 
But if a black policeman kill a Caucasian child or a young person, they pay for it. And it's like uh, it makes me feel that they figure our eyes are blind or we're just that ignorant that we can't see what's been going on for centuries and it haven't changed yet. And if you say something about it, you're an angry black man or woman, uh, you're living in the past and you're not, the past is right here now. Our, our, our past is here. We're still living the past. The same things are happening. Uh, the only thing we see it a little more is because of the uh, invention of the cell, the, the cell phone with the camera, which uh, African-American invented. We, we, we need to take our time to look upon things we're dealing with that. Uh, George Floyd uh, act, that's about the police killing uh, blacks. And I, I, I was doing some studying, and one of the most profound things that I've, uh, I've read, other than some statements made by uh, Marcus Garvey, but I, this John Lewis, because oftentimes when facts arrive, they put it on CNN, MSNBC, and Fox, and everyone is look at how these heathens are doing, uh, uh, burning a city and uh, 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 ramshacking stores and stealing and looting and burning. When George Floyd died, they didn't come out. They doesn't go out and they tell you how many boogaloo boys and white supremacy was the one doing the burning, and the blacks got the bad rap for some of their things that they done. Now, when when I'm saying that John Lewis, there was actually John Lewis pertaining to uh, the ride during the time of George Floyd and the looting and the burning, and uh, he made a profound statement, and, and I think that uh, that that that's something I take with me to my grave. He said that he don't believe he did not believe in rioting, looting, or burning. He didn't believe it. And I don't believe in rioting, looting, or burning. But he made this statement. But he said, but I thought he was finished with his statement when he said that made the statement he didn't believe in rioting, rioting, and looting and burning. Uh, you know, places and things like that. But he, he wasn't finished with his statement because he put that conjunction, you know, uh, coordinating conjunction and but, no, and all. They say, but you you haven't seen if there were no injustice, it wouldn't be in Iraq. So when I thought about things, I tried to go back over the times that I could remember in my 70 years. There was never any riots unless some um, civil or social injustice had occurred, or the death or uh, the killing of some black person. It never, it never came because that's the only way African Americans figured that they could get any justice is by doing something to try to hurt somebody else because the hurt had been perpetrated against us for centuries. And then they say that you acting like savages. Well, I thought the savage is the one to do the killing. I thought the savage was one that raped, sell people child like cattle, like cattle, like like cattle, like cattle. Uh, 
you know, take a person and count that person as less than a human, hang them, lynch them, burn them. And then they go even further. I thought the savage was the one that killed somebody and do a genocide on a whole race of people, the indigenous race of people here, kill them and take the land. I thought that was savagery. But the thing is reversed today. The very people who who the savage act was against are the people who they call savages. I, I'm confused with that definition because the, what they call the savage does not represent the people whom they call savages. People in South Africa have been saying about taking their land back, but they claim that they, they want that that's their land. But if they say that uh, uh, the Portuguese, the Dutch, and the others, the French, uh, not the, the but the British and others that's in South Africa claim the land for themselves. They've been there for 300 years. And the black just said, give us our land back. You know this land don't belong to you. You're not indigenous. We're going to fight for our land. But if the blacks start fighting for their land, then America, Russia, and other countries are going to come in and shoot them down like they're nothing. That's the European thing, and uh, we're going to get into the Berlin Conference at a later time. But uh, today, I, I wanted tonight, I wanted to talk about some things, and I want to talk about person that um, we need to understand about Haiti. We need to learn something about Haiti and how did Toussaint Leoverture, who a man that was born in bondage in a French colony in Santo Domingo to the very day is called called Haiti and enslaved for more than half of his life now come to be the leader of the most successful slave revolt in the history. And he helped precipitate, amen, I'm about to start preaching now, precipitate the downfall of the European colonialism and different in the Western Hemisphere. And what I'm talking about, in the 17th century, in Santo Domingo, uh, it was striving, a wealthy colony of the Americas. It's sugar, it's coffee, it's indigo, the cotton plantation, the minted money, fueled by, by enslaved, just like America was fueled uh, uh, in the past, was always fueled by the poor slave labor. Now, 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 you have to understand Haiti, as we call it today, during the time was they called it Santo Domingo. The French colonial since uh, 1697 occupied the western third of, of the Caribbean island. Well, you know, the, today some call it Hispaniola. Well, while the Spanish had colonized the eastern side of called Santo Domingo, now the Dominican Republic had revolted against certain things. You need to understand that even with this, they were, with the revolt, 
1791, uh, this thing, it, 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 the revolt came about. And this is where you'll find that Toussaint the Overture, he led this revolt in Haiti in 1779 to 1804. It was one of the most important outcomes of the revolution was that it was it forced Napoleon Bonaparte to sell Louisiana Purchase, and we heard about Louisiana Purchase. That's how the U.S. United States enlarged themselves. The, when you say the Louisiana Purchase, so many states were involved with the Louisiana Purchase. With major results was that that came from the Louisiana Purchase case because of the Haitians. And in this with the Haitians enforcing that, they forced Napoleon Bonaparte to sell the Louisiana Purchase. That was part of Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, uh, Arkansas, Missouri, and many others, Minnesota and so many other Kansas and so Oklahoma and so many parts of these states were all part of Louisiana was a, a large part of the United States during the time. And Napoleon Bonaparte sells the Louisiana Purchase to the United States in 1803. Now, what happened, this uh, resulted in a major territorial expansion of the United States. When Haiti took their independence in 1804, they changed their colonial name from Santo Domingo, the name given by the French to Tia Aino, the name of Haiti. Uh, uh, they changed, uh, they call it the Creole people, what they call, what they spell that, that Creole back then is their K R Creole, K R E Y O L, Creole. And they call it. Ayata, which was what they call Haiti, as the first black independent country with a stir of success, how they fought guerrilla warfare. Some called it a ragtag army, defeated one of the most popular and forceful generals of all time, Napoleon Bonaparte. We know them as this little man in the history books when I studied in school and in college. Uh, he always had his hand tucked into his uh, his uniform. Now, this very same man that we're talking about, uh, two Sunday Overture, he became recognized as general and two Sunday Overture. He led this revolt. He led the army, and he began to have Haiti recognized as the first black independent country with a stir of success from a slave revolt. Haiti was a ray of hope for African-Americans, the United States of America. During the 19th century, when I say 19th century, I'm talking about the 1800s. Like France, the U.S. did not recognize Haiti's independence until 1862, precisely because white America worried that Haiti's existence would challenge their slave-driven economy. Now, I, I need to speak to you concerning about that slave-driven economy. If you don't know, you hear a lot of African-Americans and, 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 and blacks talk about this point that America was built upon slave labor. Well, when they're saying that America is built upon slave labor, they're telling the truth. 
During slavery time, the 17th and even in the 1800s, 17, 16, America became wealthy because of, see, you have to understand about imports and exports. Imports is when you buy something and you buy it and bring it into your country. You pay for that. But your exports are when someone else is buying your product. Well, the product uh, in America and during that time that made America who it is today, the wealthiest nation in the world, was slave labor. The greatest money that was made, 60% of all wealth that came to America came from slave labor. And you have to understand, it was first cotton was the highest, highest rated thing that they were uh, exports. Then was sugar, coffee, indigo. And they, they were doing these things and they were getting money from it because you have 7 million individuals working and they're working for free from sunup to sundown. It wasn't eight hour and you were making any type wages. You worked for free. And then the most uh, individuals like to say, well, that was only in the South and the people of North was in the factories and they had textiles and they were making other things that up there. Well, if you ask how you make, well, how do you make textile? Well, the first thing, textile and tiles are made. You need cotton so that it would be cohesive, that'll make it hold together. It takes cotton to put it in there to keep it together. And so they needed the same thing. And then the slave trade was financed by large banks up north. They were learning these, lending these plantation owners money to finance these things. But here they find they had a deep hatred for this man called Toussaint Overture, who gained the freedom as a general Toussaint Overture led his forces to victory over planters, class, thousands of invading French troops. But that was only the start. He navigated a complex, ever swift shifting politics and dual colonial power. He successfully repelled aggressive the European mightiest nation, the French, the Spanish, and English, used his diplomatic gall and cannon, playing them off one after another. He battled them. He conquered the Spanish side of his Spaniards, uniting the island and establishing himself as the governor, as the general. And he brought about this in Pan America. He brought this together where the people was working, and he worked them, he reopened the plantation. But they were getting paid under what he did. He was very, very intelligent. Now, this is a, a man that was a slave. He fought in the French Revolution. He helped the French. But now listen at this. This is just how, how we get tricked into things. Although we have to find out that two Sunday Overture died in a French jail. They tricked him to come to a place. And when he got them there, they arrested him, and he died. Although Tucson Le Overture died in the French jail, a year before Santo Domingo gained full independence, the rechristened itself as Haiti in 1804, his myriad efforts, set the stages for the establishment of the second sovereign nation in the Western Hemisphere after America. 
the world's first sovereign black state, hear how he did it. And, and, and you know, they were fighting jungle warfare. And, you know, and, and, and after in the 1700s, you have to understand, they was doing this in like in the 1700s. They fought guerrilla warfare with rakes and holes and things, and they were taking the guns from you know, French soldiers that, and also defeated seven of the best generals that Napoleon Bonaparte had. And it, it was a blessing for America because it, it instituted them to get the, uh, the Louisiana Purchase. Do you know the rebel leaders included uh, two Sunday over to refuse over to chose to do battle instead with a six thousand man fleet. He defeated the French. Tucson was aware of his regiment lack of training, but he trained his people. He trained them, although they they, they wasn't trained in combat. We have to understand when France normalized abolition and slavery in his territory, Tucson the Overture then joined the French force and defeated and defeated the Spanish army and gained him the name in a campaign against the British, who he had there designated Santo Domingo, which he would change later to Haiti. Now I want us to understand this is a man in the seventeen hundreds. Now it understand this Hundreds of years now before the independence was really in America, this man and well reconstruction in 1791 he did battle, and in 1804 Haiti was a nation just like America. It was a nation because of two suddenly over to us. So when we study history, let us think about it. But I, I want to speak to you just a little bit concerning. I want you to be aware of something. If you ever notice about Haiti, how the people treat the Haitians, even to this very day, how Haiti is is treated, I've noticed that people don't trade with Haiti. Haiti has been made a third world country. Even this great nation that we live in, we, we have to understand about why Haiti is in the shape that Haiti is in. Uh, Haiti is in the shape it's in because of the people uh, of of Spain and France being uh, against them and not trading with them and making them a third world country. We refuse to accept them to come here because there were the people that stood up for uh, knowing that they're human. There are so many individuals that started things. We know about Martin Luther King and we know about several individuals that, that was here, but we don't know about Tucson the Overture, who showed us, gave us the thing that blacks could fight back and get their independence. They didn't want that in America because they figured that, that this would change the thing because if the slave would rebel here and wasn't working, America could not. Black were not, or whites were not accustomed to doing hard work as they claim that we are today. I heard one guy once said that whites are angry with blacks today and say that blacks are lazy. But now they call us lazy because we asked to get paid for our labor instead of back then when uh, they had you working for free. So 
it's 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 one of those things we have to understand uh this why certain things are and notice today about how poor Haiti is, earthquakes and different things that people cool that's going over there. But no one stand up for Haiti. America won't even let Haitians come into America. When even they having civil wars going on there, they refuse to let them come there. And and, and to me, it's a crying shame that a person would do another individual like that. Now, another person that 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 I like to say, I'm not sure if, if brother brother uh, Joe uh, Professor Joe is on, on the line. If Professor Joe, if you're on the line, let me hear your voice. Brother Gary, are you on the line tonight? Well, if not, I, I'm going to just say a little something, touch on uh, Marcus Garvey is another person that was very, very strong and prolific for really the civil rights that's in America today. I know we read a lot about Dr. Martin Luther King and others, but we need to know about this man called Marcus Garvey. Uh, we need to start reading our books and learn the true thing about it. Now, you have to understand that Marcus Garvey was born August 17th in 1887, but he was born in St. Anne Bay, Jamaica. Now, you have to understand that Marcus Garvey ended up being this prominent figure. Starting back in the mm-hmm. early times, Marcus Garvey has always been very prominent. And he went around. Now, Marcus Garvey, he was an orator of the black nationalism and Pan-American movement to which he founded the Universal Negro Improvement Association, an African committee lead Garvey advanced the Pan-African philosophy, which inspired a global mass movement known as Garveyism. See, Garveyism would eventually inspire others from the nation of Islam to the Rastafarian movement. Now, what are you talking about? Garvey just didn't stay in Jamaica but he took his, his, his movement further than just Jamaica. You might say Jamaica, this little island country, but, but Garvey took it further. And, and you have to understand that he was born in 1887, I told you, in St. Anne Bay, Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Self-educated, Garvey founded this Universal Negro Improvement Association. He dedicated his life for African-Americans that lived and then to resettle, he asked them to resettle in Africa. Take your finances and your trade and go back to Africa. Garvey was uh, the last of 11 children born to Marcus Garvey Sr. And his, his mother's name was Sarah Jane Richard. Now, later on, yeah, you're going to find out that Garvey uh, came to, he left when he left, excuse me, when Marcus left Jamaica, <clears throat> When he left Jamaica, Marcus went went to um, Puerto Rico, and there he started organizing in Puerto Rico. But eventually, he ended up in New York. And he, when he came to New York, he started putting together things because he he was able mm-hmm. to do different things in New York where he wasn't able to do in other places. You have to understand when he had that United that that, that University United Negro 
Improvement Association. They renowned all over the United States. They had chapters all over. But what's ironic about it, they had more chapters of this United Negro uh, thing right here in Louisiana. They had more than anywhere else. There was 17. So the South wasn't as bad as others thought. Now, I want us to listen at this. Garvey returned to Jamaica in 1912 after he had founded this Universal Improvement Association with a goal of all African dispersal and establishing country, absolute government its own. In response to it, Booker T. Washington, an American educator who founded Tuskegee Institute, Garvey traveled to the United States in 1916 to raise funds for similar mm-hmm. ventures in Jamaica. This one he settled in New York and formed the UNIA chapter in Harlem to promote separatist philosophy for social, political, and economic freedom for black people. This happened in 1918. Garvey began publishing the widely distributed newspaper, Negro World, to convey his message. Now, listen to this. I know you haven't heard much about Garvey. This started in 1919, the UNIA. Now, Martin Luther Liam King and others came later on, but Garvey was already starting things right here. He started in Jamaica, and he moved it there, self-educated. And I find it strange today that our kids will not get themselves educated. For some reason, we refuse to get ourselves educated. And, you know, in August of 1920, the UNIA claimed 4 million members and held its first international convention at Madison Square Garden in New York City, before a crowd of 25,000 people, all from all over the world, Marcus Garvey spoke of having pride in African history and culture, mm-hmm. and many found this word inspiring, but not all. Some established black leaders found his separatist philosophy ill-conceived. W.E. DeBose, a prominent black leader and officer of the NWCP called Garvey the most dangerous enemy that the black race in America, Garvey felt the Bulls were the agent of the white elitists. Now they 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 differ, they had different opinion on what had happened. Now you have to understand too, the FBI J Edgar Hoover was fixated on running Garvey mm-hmm. out of the country and having Garvey watched every step of the way. Now I, I want you to understand whenever a person. Uh, really just really stand up for themselves. I found out that they're hated through, uh, through the media because for some reason, not some reason, I know what the reason is, uh, this thing about blacks being uh, inferior is still something that uh, whites have been embedded in them, and those that are educated know better than that. They understand who blacks really are. They understand who the Egyptians, they understand about the blacks in, in, in Nigeria and the Eurobos and people from Benai and, and other places. They know about Mali and they know about Timbuktu. They know about the Moors people, but we don't know about ourselves. So there's so much many things that mm-hmm. we've been successful in building that they had building, they're finding things, excavating things right now around Nigeria and other places uh, in the uh, mid, the mid, the middle parts of Africa, 
that go back 8,000 years, 8,000 years ago, they were just coming out of caves. And uh, before that, less than 8,000, maybe about 6,000 years ago, they had not long came out of caves in, in Europe. Uh, and if you would even talk about it in the Europe, got that the European knowledge came from Greeks. The Greeks and the Greeks got their knowledge, you know, Herodias would tell you he had his, they got their knowledge, Herodias, and um, they would tell you they got their knowledge from uh, 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 Egypt. During that time, they were trained. So I want, I want you to understand that that you're no way uh, behind anyone else. So I, it's important, it's imperative that we understand these things. Now, I talked to you about two Sunday Overture. I talked to you about something about Marcus Garvey because Marcus Garvey really was the one who initiated the uh, civil rights movement for us. Really, mm-hmm. if you go back, he really started doing it. And, you know, we have this flag, the red, red, green, and black flag, red, black, and green flag. And he's the one at Pan-Africa who started that, that flag. So I, I want us to understand that. And under people, you think that people don't know about that. If people, you know, now this thing about DNA is 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 spreading like wildfire. DNA could do some of everything to help you find out who you are, where you came from, uh, who's your people. Because I I I take that ancestral DNA and I. Uh, I've been finding mm-hmm. out exactly the different areas that are uh, in me from coming through slavery. I have so many different places like Yoruba is, is the most uh, part of me is Yoruba and around the Congo and Yoruba. But then it's next, uh, it's, uh, the next, I think it's, now I think it's Nigerian and it's, it's some others. It's Mali, it's, it's Benai and Ghana and things like that, uh, Sierra Leone and and other things, but then I have Native Americans, I have Irish and Eastern European, Northeastern Europe, Germanic, and things like that. Blood, and I know how this how this Germanic and other things that came about in my bloodline and come by my great ancestors being raped. But nevertheless, that this thing about DNA it tells you a lot. But when these white scientists begin to trace the DNA. This DNA, they mm-hmm. found that everyone could trace our DNA back in the maternal line, meaning the, the female line, inherited to my, a mitochondrial DNA within the cells of all humans, have theoretically the common ancestors. And, and, and theoretically, all of us came from the same person. No matter what color is, your complex, it's just a com- uh, the complex, uh, of your complex. This woman name was mitochondria Eve. Now, mitochondria Eve, and it's important that we get this and really put this in our head. In between 100 to 200,000 years ago, they found this lady around around Tanzania, uh, around the, around going to a, a sub-Saharan Africa. She was not the first human, but eventually other human lineage eventually had no female offspring failing to pass on this mitochondrial DNA, and as a result of all humans mm-hmm. today carry, carry traces, can trace their mitochondrial DNA back to chondria, this black woman. Within her DNA and that of her peers, 
exists all the genetic variation we see in contemporary humans humans since Eve time. Different populations of humans have, have drifted apart genetically from a distinct ethnic group that we see today. Now, and, and what that tells us that it does not matter if you're from China, it does not matter if you're from Japan, India, Russia, North Northwestern Europe, Europe, uh, Native American, South America. Uh, those out in the Pacific Islanders, Australians, Aboriginals, no matter where you come from, you carry this state mm-hmm. of DNA. You carry a DNA. Everyone came from a... Now, now, out of Africa, it didn't start until a thousand years ago. And, 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 and now, these are things that people don't want taught in school today. They don't want the truth. It's not CRT. It's not critical race theory. And that's one thing that they're fighting so hard to tell and let their children, and then I'm talking about Europeans, I'm talking about Caucasians, fighting so hard to keep their children from learning the truth, who they are. And they will find out that they came from Africa. That 1.3 billion people that live in Africa you know, you have to understand that that 1.3 billion people is so much more than that list. 700 and what nine seven point mm-hmm. 700 million uh, Caucasians in the world. Just not counting the African people that's are that's not living on the African continent. It, it, they dwarf the population. Uh, of just the Caucasian race in Africa alone, not counting the Africans in India, not counting the Africans that live in Europe, not counting the Africans that live African that 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 migrated to Canada or America, uh, South America, the islands, and no, uh, uh, all over the world, Pacific Islands. Now, now it's imperative that we understand those things. That, that these are things that's not that, that people don't want taught. And they even show you further information on it. About 315 years before the birth of Christ, they had a man who died about 315 years before Christ. And he, 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 he was living in South Africa. He is the closest known relative or the closest match yet known to humanity to the female ancestor, mitochondria E. Now, this is Africa. They know he was a fisherman because he lived on the coast, and he's the closest genetic match to mitochondria E. They found his fossils around what they call St. Helen Bay in South Africa. And if you want to look it up, you can find the archaeologist's name uh, was Andrew Smith at the University of Cape Town. Now it's imperative that we understand these things. It it it, it 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 it's so imperative that we understand who we are. You have to understand even before mitochondria Eve, they found they found fossils much earlier than they found millions of years ago. They found mm-hmm. what they call uh Homo habibilis. And when you're talking about Homo habibilis, they're talking about man first walking upright. And they call her Lucy is Australopithecus. 
and they found the fossil in 1974 uh, around uh, in Ethiopia. Now, when they found this fossil, which called her Lucy, and she was found by Don Johansson and Tom Gray. Uh, this fossil they named her Lucy. She was three point three point two million years old. This Hermes was known as Lucy. Three million two hundred thousand years ago, she walked the earth from Africa. And then they even go even that further back, but you could go about they got what you call zentropy. Zentropy mm-hmm. is two point, I think, six million years. And these discoveries were made by Lewis Leakey and his wife Mary Douglas Leakey. And uh, these you talking about paleontologists who discovered the first proconsul score. And you 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 talking about when they talk about the word proconsul means that these some apes that start walking. It, upright and they're the closest extinct ape that you know they believe the ancestor to human beings but i beg to differ with their finding on that now mary douglas uh she discovered a robust what they call zanzantropy zanzantropus uh skull in the old deep guard that's in tanzania that's where they say life originated from in the old deep guard a little bit over there around uh Mount Kilimanjaro. Uh, several archaeological, anthropological mm-hmm. fossils of the ancestral ape and humans. While excavating old deep guards, they found tools and utensils dating back, stating that man was able to make tools millions of years ago, and that that man just didn't start making tools. That man was able to make different things millions of years ago. Now. When they say that Lucy, they talk about Lucy and others, they say that she was bipedability, walking upright. Some of them go back, they even found some footprints in volcanic ash that go back to 3.75 million years ago. You know, we have to understand Tim White came, Tim White discovery came before Lucy. 4.4 4.4 million years ago. It has so much. All these things came from a place in Africa. Mm-hmm. You have to understand, they know, I mean, the, the study, when, whenever they're looking for fossils or find out where did man originate from, and it's a known fact that's not taught the way it should be taught, uh, but they, they go to Africa to find the oldest fossils in the world of where the human originate, they go to Africa because they know that 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 black, the color black, or the color of African, the real color of mankind. They know that is the prime color of mankind. Now, other colors are just almost like a mixture of fade color. Okay, we have to understand, too, when you start talking about uh, genetics, you have to deal with a person called uh, Gregoire Mendel, and he was noted by most people as the father of genetics. And he, from him, we find out that with mm-hmm. the genetics, it deals with the inheritance involving, you know, the passing on discrete units of genes from one parent to another. In other words, that we we inherit our 
our parents' genes. But I want want you to understand, and and I'm gonna uh, tell you some things about about what Mendel came up. Mendel uh, Law explained how we pick up different traits and talk about different uh, colors and things or different things that represent dominant uh, traits or dominant genes, uh, recessive genes. Now, Mendel had some laws, and it deal with uh, when people came out of Africa, out of Africa, he had the law of independence or assortment. If you assault people independently, in order they're going to resemble a certain way. And then they had the independence dominant, the people that the, the dominant people will prevail. If you take a dominant, mm-hmm. the dominant uh, person, the color is going to always come out that way. You can't get uh, uh, dominant from a recessive. And then the law of segregation. The law of segregation, if you segregate certain people to certain areas, they'll begin to multiply. And I, I think about it when I look at China and look at if you go to different countries that that does not mix with other countries like China and Russia and Japan, the people are going to look like Jap- the Japanese people look like Japanese. The Chinese look like Chinese. They're not black. But like America is a, a melting pot, so you'll find people. But Mendel came up with certain things with his law. Mendel came up and found out that black and brown skin come from dominant genes. Dominant, and that word dominant means superior. Brown eyes came from <laughs> dominant genes. He said light skin came from recessive genes. Blue eyes came from recessive genes. Now, I, I, I hate to bust certain people, Bubba, and I know a lot of even the scientists, Caucasian scientists, don't like to admit these facts. See, and I'm going to I'm gonna break that down in a few. Now, what you could do, you could get the, you could take two dominant people, and the two dominant people could come from the Sudan in Africa, which the darkest people in the world come from. And you could take those two individuals and put them together, and they could come up with a child that look white. It's called albino. But you can't take two white individuals and make a, a black child. Because, see, you could get the recessive from the dominant, but you can't get the dominant from the recessive. Because the, the dominant is, is superior, and the recessive is, is uh it's 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 a recessive. Now, and if you think I'm kidding about that, all you have to do is find that the report on what they call hidden DNA discovery, only found in Black African people. And, and all you have to do is look it up. Carter T. Otis. And then um, you have to look this up, and it's called the World DNA Strand, the American Association of the Advancement of Science, a DNA series, genome. And you can look it up. You can find this man's name is Dr. Eric Robinson. And he, he made some profound statements. Now, when you you looking this up, and I want when I say things, I'll I, I, I want you guys to learn to go back mm-hmm. and look over these things and because I don't want to ever lie to you. See, see, we have a different series. Now, what they call this thing is uh, 
It's called the global pattern disequilibrium. It measures the intelligence of people and the possibility for people to be a genius. Listen to what I'm saying. It's called this measure your intelligence. The greater the number of the series, the greater the possibility is to be a, a genius. It's called a global pattern of disequilibrium. And I think, and I've said this several nights, but I want this because I don't know if, if there are some new individuals that's tuning in tonight to my show, but I want us to understand you got DNA have sequence and DNA have series. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to understand that sequence could help tell what area uh, your ancestors came from, but the series could help you deal with the intelligent level. Most uh, scientists, arche- archaeologists, uh, anthropologists, and many others, uh, especially anthropologists, uh, talk about that uh, anthropologist. They say we came from apes and others. So to find out about the intelligence of human, you have to start from where they say we originated from. And so the first animal they test from the ape family was the orangutan, orangutan. And notice what I, I tried to tell you guys, that uh, the higher the series, the more intelligent that 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 animal person is now this is 15 scientists who wrote this paper they didn't publish the book but it's copyrighted and it's copyrighted on the global patterns of this equilibrium they found out that the orangutan the orangutan have three series and that that that's low then they tested the gorilla the gorilla had four series they even tested the chimpanzee, and the chimpanzee had five series. Now, then they said, well, we had tested the animals, and the chimpanzees were to the human being, and the chimpanzee had a higher series uh, than uh, the rest of the gorilla or the, or the orangutan. So that's the one that they say that we came from, the chimp family. Now, now, now they went to Europe and these other areas where Caucasians, Japanese, and other places all over the world. And when they test those endohumans, they came up with six series higher than any chimpanzee, any gorilla, any orangutan, and any other. But one place they did not test, they didn't test Africa. And when they decided to test Africa, they test people from West Africa. And for those uh, African-Americans who live in America, most of our people that came over as slaves, the slaves came from West Africa. They tested the West African. And when they tested the West African, the West African came up with nine series, three series above all the other Notice they said that series is a measure of intelligence and a greater possibility of being a genius is the higher your series is. Now now Africans were nine had nine series, so that's three higher than the six for the other nations, the Caucasians in Europe. Now I want you to understand this. 
about even talking about the Tuskegee Airmen and how good a, a fighter pilot they were. Then uh, when you talk about fiber optic wiring, uh, 5G and all this other stuff, communications and all kind of things like this, they're talking about fiber optic. Do you know that blacks invented that? You're talking about some, we're talking about Individuals that are very, very intelligent. Now, through slavery, we have this thing been interbreeded and molding on us that we dumb in, that we, 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 we're inferior to other races, but the other races know mm-hmm. that you're not inferior at all, that you carry dominant genes. The GPS system, global positioning system, it works out of space. It works on land. When I travel out of state, I can put my GPS and and I could just I could key in the, the address of someone in Florida and we leave Louisiana and it drive me right up to their door. And global position by a black lady, five rampic, a black lady. And that cell phone is just just about over half of America is not counting all over the world have cell phones. That was invented by a black person, the typewriter, a black person. The gas mass used in all the refineries, mm-hmm. chemical plants for war. Then by black man, safety goggles, eye protection, the elevator for all these high-rise buildings, the clothes dryer, the air conditioning unit, the almanac higher plant, the different parts of the moon, full moon, half moon, how to plant your crops. The high tide, the low tide. This is blacks. Most of the people, farmers today, use the almanac to, to plant their crops by. This is a black man. Blood plasma bag, the lawnmower, the lube cup. Without a lube cup, you couldn't have a train. You couldn't have an airplane. You couldn't have more automobiles because uh, uh, if you run these metal parts, it will weld itself or itself together when it overheats. The refrigerator, mm-hmm. the spark plug. Not one car could run without a spark plug. Now the stethoscope is so old, it was invented by Amon Hotel in Egypt, one of the builders of the first step pyramid. Now I know that we were told and by television how it lies to us that 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 they showed some white people which the whites were not the Hebrew that the Hebrews built a pyramid, but they say during Moses' time, Moses was actually uh, 1,300 years before Christ, and 1,300 years before Christ, that would make it 3,300 and some odd years. The pyramids is over 5,000 years old, some six. So the children of Israel wasn't even there when they when they get when they were if they did go to when they were in. Egypt, the pyramids had already been built. So that's just mm-hmm. Hollywood that, that we're looking at. That's just Hollywood that we're looking at. All we have to do is do the research, and you'll find these things out. Uh, the thermostat control. Why would we be with all of this traffic without a traffic light? 
That's a, 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 a black invented this. this. These are slaves. The electric light bulb. bulb. This is, and I, I don't want to keep naming because I got so many more I could name, but I just wanted to name name some certain things that are, uh, we that we are uh, that blacks have invented just to let you know the intelligent level and to let you know that you're no way dumb, but it's, it's not taught in high school, and no one wanted taught in high school because the uh, the, the the young white kids they'll find out that mm-hmm. they're not responsible for inventing a lot of things. Not to make them feel dismayed or down or anything, but why why you won't teach this in school? Because then they would realize that they didn't really invent a fine thing. That when they came to to the Americas around Hispaniola, it was already uh, they already had people living there. When they came to the Americas, you can't discover a place with millions and millions of individuals. You cannot do that. So that's very, very important that we, we we understand that that you cannot that and then tell tell them the truth that you kill off the people and took their land. Uh, there's so much that need to be taught the truth about all these inventions. And I, I, you know, I oftentimes I see this I see this while we're talking. It's never mm-hmm. taught that they had blacks in in in, in America long before Columbus or anyone came this way. And 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 you know, this this elderly white lady, her name is Jane Elliott. She is she's an anti race racism activist and she made a statement on television and she'd been on several television shows and she made this statement. She said she once made a statement and said there wouldn't have to there wouldn't have to be a Black Life Matter if we didn't have 300 years of black life, don't matter, and how they're still killing different people. And then Dr. Keith Chain explained, and he writes this, that white people is a mutation of African, is a mutation of African. That's the one thing mm-hmm. they don't do. In other words, you just are offspring of Africa. And in reality, if I have a white catfish, it's called an albino. If I have a white alligator, I'm from Louisiana now. If I come up with a white alligator, it's called an albino alligator. If I have a white tiger, that white tiger is called an albino tiger. If I have a white lion, it's albino. Everything is albino or albino that comes out white. But I found out that when it comes to white folk, they don't like to admit that they're really albino because they know that that they're, that they're no more than a mutation. And it's important that we don't we don't have very good vocabularies and things. So it's time that we start doing our research. Now it's important that we understand. See, the mm-hmm. definition of a mutation. A mutation is this, and I'm telling you, now listen to what I'm about to say, and I'm going to take my time and explain this. White folk mutated from Africans. They don't have the color because they lost their color. Listen to what a mutation is. A mutation 
is the change of a structure of a genome, resulting in a variant form that may be transmitted to subsequent generations. So when this the 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 this, this this the change of this genome happened, they've been passing on to subsequent generations and coming out this color. Caused now they say that it was caused by an alteration of a single base unit of DNA or depletion or insertion or rearrangement of a larger section of a gene. All it did is they say a deletion. That the deletion mm-hmm. is in melanin. They don't have melanin, so they don't have skin color. They can't live in the heated area because they don't have melanin to block the sun rays, okay? That's why you wear dark-colored eyeglasses when you're working and the sun is beaming now. Now, in other words, a mutation is the... uh, Now, listen to what it said. A mutation is ultimately the only way in which new variants in a species... The only way a new variant, a new uh, race or species can come in is through a mutation of one. And the mutation occurred with Africans. Okay, now we've been hearing about mutation and COVID-19 mutating and this variant. You start with the COVID-19, okay? And then you you have the the next strain, Delta strain uh, variant of it. Then you go to... To, to Omicron mm-hmm. variant. Now it's a new variant that's coming out now. But now that word variant, we, we, we listen at them talk about things on television and other places and radio, and we look it up on YouTube and we find out what they talk about variants. Now the, the definition of a variant is very good to tell you what how white, the color people change color, tell you that they were black. A variant is a form or version of something that differ in some respect from other forms of the same thing or from a standard. They are variant. They came, you know, the, the, they were black, but they came about in respects to another form. They changed the form of what they were. Now, even now, we, we, we sometimes we use the difference in the hair. But I submit to you that there are differences in hair mm-hmm. in different places in Africa that does not have European blood in them. Africa come, the African people from Africa could be brown. They could be the darkest of the dark. They could be brown. They could have curly, straight hair. It does not matter. Their, their hair is there. And also, uh, I'm not going to get into it because I'm about to open the lines and certain things that I wanted to uh, talk about uh, two Sunday over to her and, and briefly touch on uh, Marcus Garvey and uh, talk about the voting rights that's going on that's not being looked at because of Ukraine. But we have problems right here in America. We need to need to solve problems. Try, try to solve these problems at home. I don't want anyone to die, but we need to concentrate here because a whole lot of people is totally dissatisfied with what's going on. And, and, and blacks are still dying on the street at the hands of police, and they're still getting away with killing mm-hmm. blacks. And then they come up with things why we are angry people, because you keep killing us and you never get punished. Until you start punishing you and you stop killing us, then they, 
and and I'm very well aware of how we're killing one another because I'm an advocate activist against black on black crime. Amen. Now I want to say this, and we're going to get it on, and I'm going to open it up. I always want to get a, the the understand. Don't let them fool you about like whites, European was the first people to come over here. There have always been uh, people of the African uh, Negro features that always lived in America. Some of the Native Americans were of the Negro race. Okay, but even down in Mesoamerica, the Olmec people, Mm -hmm. and you could go down there and they have these Olmec colossal heads made of basalt, there's basalt boulders, and they range from 1.7 to 3.4 meters. Some of them date back to 900 years before Christ, back to King David time. And then, you know, you talk about thousands of years before uh, Columbus ever came. And Columbus, we need to stop lying that he came to America. Because where I told you about two Sunday over to it, he landed out there what they call Hispaniel, which is around one side or other side of Haiti. They call it Hispaniel right now. The Omec. Uh, Omec is a civilization of ancient Mesoamericans. Some are in the Mexi- in Mexico called La Venta, San Lorenzo, Zapatez, Veracruz, and then some of them date back as far as 1200 B.C., almost during the time of Moses, 1200 B.C., these, these, these people were here. Some say they was here before Aztecs. They might, the Aztecs might all breed it from them. There's a total they found. Ten oh. colossal heads have been discovered to this day in Tenzo, Tenoma, in San Lorenzo, and four in La Venta. And they even have them some in the Andes Mountains. And so, it's things that, that, that we need to research to find out about these uh, things about that's going on. And it's another thing. Let us learn what systemic racism is. It's the same thing as almost mm-hmm. institutional racism. Institutional racism is also known as systemic racism. It's a form of racism that is embedded as normal practice within society. That's in America. Where when we say that America, uh, by systemic racism in America, is is uh, practice within the society as a normal practice within society and organization, it can lead to um, through discrimination and criminal justice, employment, housing, healthcare political powers, education, it reflected in the disparity regarding wealth, income, and criminal justice. Now, I just spell out United States of America dealing with African-American people. All these things says we have always been discriminated against, excuse, excuse me, discriminated against in the judicial system, the criminal justice system, employment, housing, health care, political power, education, mm-hmm. disparity regarding the wealth and income, 
all of this is, is, is reflective what we're going through right now in America, not during slavery, not in the 18 or the 1500s, but in America, this very day today. God bless you. Thank God for my listeners who are listening in, and I pray that the information and the things that I talked about, that people could take this in and, and feel interested in we should feel interested in picking up books and reading these books and becoming familiar with the different books that we have mm. and that, that learn about yourself. You know, I love when the Bible, the Bible said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We don't even know who we are. We, we, we are, we've been told and it's been, we, we've been, we, our eyes should be open to the fact that we lost our culture we lost our history. We lost our language. We don't have people without a history, without a culture, without a language. The culture that we carry right now is Eurocentric. It's 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 is European. It's Caucasians. You know, we live up to all the expectations, what looks good, how we should live our life. Everything is patterned up on those who are conquered and killed the people and took their land. And, uh, and who enslaved us? That's where our culture comes from. So it's time that we realize it and we stand up and learn about ourselves and do better mm-hmm. and become a self-sufficient people. And we don't have to leave America, but we sure could, could, could stand up and be another Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and be a beautiful city because no one is going to help you. We need to help ourselves. And that way, I do believe what Marcus Garza said, that we should help ourselves. And sometimes I've had so many people, and these educators said that uh, integration might have hurt us more than it helped us because it, it it made us go to sleep like we was going some way and never went anyway. Thank you, and God bless you. Uh, uh, Pastor Williams, you could open the lines up and read for our Q&A. Amen, amen. God bless you, Pastor. Thank you for a very powerful show, Dr. Kim. Uh, God bless everyone. Thank you for turning us on. The lines are now open for you. Conversation with Dr. Kim. Uh, you got a question, got a comment, a statement. The line is open for you now. God bless you. Welcome to the show, History Talk. <laughs> Oh. You on the Hello. Air. Good afternoon. How y'all doing this evening? God bless you. God bless y'all too. Thanks God to continue to bless y'all and keep the show going. Uh Dr. Kip was saying in his concluding statements that uh the people the ones that we with the systemic racism and the way things were done to we the so called American Negro. Uh, I'm currently trying to uh, get together the legal definition because when we say that we're African Americans, thing that uh, I think it's called dual citizenship, but I'm trying to get it together through the not correctly. Dual citizenship means that you can hold citizenship for two different countries. Uh, if you're born in America, you're automatically an American, but if you're born in Africa, you're an automatically 
African, but you can apply for citizenship in Africa and America. If you're a Native American, that means you're born in America, but you can have a citizenship, a dual citizenship for Africa. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to research that to try to get that proper understanding. And also, uh, I have a friend that's a couple of guys I know that are lawyers to try and look up the uh, definition of uh, American, the legal definition for American slave descendants, because I just recently heard on the news that they're trying to give reparations to uh, American uh, 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 slave descendants in uh, California, so wherever that might be in California, because they had properties or something. Uh, I, I'm not sure how that thing really came up, but I want to look that up also. But as again, I've always enjoyed Dr. Kemp, that program, and yours too, Dr. Williams. Without you, none of this would be possible. It's, I'm just trying so hard to get more individuals to tune in and to participate. But for some odd reason, I don't know, maybe where I'm from, these guys just <laughs> they just don't want to speak up. They don't want to stand up. They don't want to be seen or heard. They want to hide out in the shadows. But uh, I, I don't understand that. But anyway, thank you all for the program. Thank you all for standing strong for those who at this particular time may be afraid to stand for themselves. And that's my comment for this afternoon. Thank you. Amen. Uh, amen. I, I'm listening to you, and uh, thank you, Brother George, for calling in. And you and our regulars and always have something very good to add to amen. our conversation. Um, yes, I listened to what you were saying, and I want to, before I answer it, start answering some questions. Uh, this is uh, Reverend Williams. Um, he's just so interested in, in blacks learning about themselves. And he said, he and I was talking, he said, we need to take some of the conversation we were having. We need to put this on there. People really need to know. And so I want to put a feather in his cap because he is adamant that our people need to know about themselves. You know, the Amen. Bible say my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Mm. And uh, I just I, I think very highly of him for wanting to know that we, we run short of it. We could get that book since what they say we need, but they're not going to teach mm. us about what we need. Our culture, mm. I said earlier, is a Caucasian culture. It's not mm. our culture right. at all. We're living trying to be somebody that we're not. We don't have a language or a culture. Now, what you were saying about dual citizenship, anyone could do it. I don't have a dual citizenship in France. All I have to do is put in for it, get a residential thing. Now, I don't know who was the attorney, but that was a very easy question. You can get dual citizenship. You could apply for it right now in Ghana and easily get it. Oprah Winfield have it. Matter of fact, uh, I think uh, I'm gonna have to relook or look over it. Uh, that Stephen Wonder bought homes, that Oprah bought homes that they have dual citizenship, and uh, Stevie one time they say Stevie had left the United States because uh, he knows that it's not gonna be a change. It's not gonna be a change. Uh, I don't have any way to go. I'm just gonna be honest with you, going back to Africa. They need to go. I would say this and. 
I, I, I want uh, any Caucasian listener to take this into consideration. I could trade my people in America back to the 17th centuries and they go back further, but that's the furthest I could go with records. But the majority of Caucasian or Europeans have only been here through Ellis Island for a little over 100 or 200 years. The slaves built this country by the economy. The economy by doing 60% of the economy was built upon cotton, indigo, sugar, tobacco. Uh, uh, That's what we was exporting. Export is what someone buys from you. So we were making money from that. That's where the income came in at. People didn't add textiles in it because it was up north. Well, up north, well, you don't want to add that in because if you add that, it takes cotton to make textiles to give it cohesive, yeah. abundant sense. So it was even more than 60%. So when people say that and then the rest of the economy was built upon, you having seven, you know, this ain't seven, but I know it was more, slaves working for free for over 300 years and then even later than that, when they, when they started freeing the slaves, the little money they were paying them was almost like working for free. <laughs> so uh, with yeah, that, uh, 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 Brother George, yes, you can have dual citizenship. The name, we went through certain names that they gave us, and we started naming ourselves. Uh, some Africans just say that we are black. We should mm-hmm. take the name black because... That name, I really, Africa, uh, they, 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 they gave it that name, uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's another name that they have for it. Uh, we are of African descent. Now, for that reparation, that haven't been approved yet. Now, they know about how much it would take to do it, and that would be almost <laughs> a, a total year of America's in one year for America's income, which would be about $19 trillion that they would have to pay to the slave, the ancestors of slaves. Every every uh, African-American have several millions of dollars. Give me we would be pretty wealthy. I don't know if we'll know what to do with the money because if we might have 48, 48 million of us. Now, you talking about $19 trillion? You know what one one trillion dollars? That's nine that 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 that's ten hundred thousand billion dollars is one trillion? Come on now. That's a lot of money. And they're not willing to give it. They're not willing no. to give it. Math is math. Math is, is is an infinite thing. It could go, you know, uh on and on and on. All you have to do is keep adding zeros. Yeah. And now can never be as unending with numbers. Uh, so with that aspect, yes, they do owe us a lot of money, and they've kind of calculated it. And when it came and it comes to that, and that's only with them saying seven million that you know that seven million slaves, which that was, that was just that was just in America. That's not counting. Uh, they had more slaves in, in South America, around Brazil and Venezuela and different places like that. They had more slaves there than they had in the United States. Wow. That, that's not counting Cuba and, and all those other, you know, Caribbean and Caribbean islands that's full of blacks. There was all through it, not counting. I spoke earlier about Santo Domingo, 
you know, what they what you're talking yeah. about today, uh, you know, which uh, the people don't like to talk about them because uh, Tucson Leova to whoop both. He he defeated both the French and the Spanish uh, uh, country mm-hmm. for to get independence. So even right now the island is, is, is divided. Now Haiti is on one side, and they have the other side where they want to give it another name, but uh, it's the same island. And since that happened, that was you know when they defeated uh, that Napoleon went on to sell the American, uh, I mean uh, Louisiana, the Louisiana Purchase because France lost that island. It's, it's imperative that, that we, we, we learn something about ourselves. It is very imperative that we learn who we are. Marcus Garvey, we pick up a book. You know, I was talking with a friend of mine earlier today, and I was telling them about how we get in a group among ourselves, and we'll talk about the white man, we'll talk about these things and what the country is not doing. But when you get in the front of them, you, they won't go any. We we refuse to go when when I I go to the different meetings on race. Sometimes I'm I'm the only black that will stand up. There's not many blacks be even in the room, letting on me being the only one really that's willing to speak out. But some I do not want to speak out because they don't do their homework and know what they're talking about, and it, all it does is make you look stupid when you don't know what you're talking about. And everybody, every white person is not a bad person. You got you got some good whites, you got some bad whites, you got some good 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 blacks and you got some bad blacks. It's good and bad and everything. The only thing I would ask anybody to do is just treat me fairly. Quit let me train people and they make more money than me and I have the abilities and the skills to do my job. But you won't allow me to do it. Yeah, you won't allow me to do it. You, 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 you are promoting other folk, and and that's what's wrong. When you're gonna promote someone and know that I have the skills, and then I feel left out, and if I say something about it. I'm putting race into it. No, race was in it. You put race into it when you discriminated against me. So that that that's that's something that that we really need to do. And uh, again, uh, just as uh, Brother George was saying, we really really need to teach each other, and we really need to stand up. I I I'm so I I embarrassed some guys in a meeting once, and I asked them. Why did that when we stand outside of the meeting, we talk about what all white folk are not doing, but as soon as you get in the meeting in the front of them, you have one person out speaking and the rest of them, like, they don't have your back. And I don't care. I know you don't, no one have to have my back. If I'm going to speak, I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to speak the truth to power every time. Truth to power. That's what you have the power because you are the majority you have the money, but I will speak truth to power, whether you like it or not. And that's what Dr. King, that's what Farrakhan and others do 
uh, Malcolm X, so many others that, that I could name go on and on in the mm-hmm. list of blacks that stood up. Two Sunday over to Marcus Garvey, you name them, they stood up and they spoke about what was going on. And But we don't do it. We'll sit there and let one person go out and then tell that person, I can't say nothing because I uh, – I, I can't go that kind of stuff because I have to tell them off. Well, I go to it because I'm going there to tell them off. <laughs> Don't use no excuse. You're afraid. You are afraid of, afraid to go and yeah. say it, what you what you talk about when you are in private. Take what you have to say and, and you to use it. Amen. Do we have any other caller that's in the, in the cube that want to come out and share something good with us or ask a question? <laughs> the only dumb question is is one that's not asked. That's how we gain our knowledge. And I want to say this to it before, if anyone in the queue could they want to come on, you know, if you have something that you know that will help us in teaching our people, why don't you share it with us? Come up, say it. Don't be ashamed or afraid. Just say it. Just say it in the name of Jesus. Just say what you have to say. God don't make junk. We're not junk. God does not make junk. He said he made man a little lower than an angel, and I believe that. So you will create a little bit lower than an angel. Hmm. And I, I don't want you to go around and think because this a devil food cake is white, black. And angel food cake is white. Everything white is good and everything black is bad. <laughs> but for some reason, people love chocolate. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, people love chocolate. You go to all the holidays, all the candy is chocolate. So true. So true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Because they love the real deal, amen. Amen. You <laughs> have been called in the cube. So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting waiting for you, caller. Okay. They there, but they're not talking. So that's yeah, it. well, that I, I'm still here, Dr. Kip. I'm just trying to real William. I'm just trying to let somebody else say something. Hey, <laughs> well, if you need, to, if you want to wonder some time to say something, it's open to you, then, uh, brother George. Uh, I was having a conversation with a young man, and uh, he's uh, a minister, he says, and another lady, she says that she's been called a minister. I brought up the question, you know, with the the religious holiday of Easter Sunday coming forth and Good Resurrection Friday and what have you mean, Crucifixion Friday, Resurrection Sunday, we find that uh, Malcolm had wrote in in his book that there's too much segregation among supposed Christians because uh, we're not being Christian, we're being religious. And I was wondering if y'all could, uh, uh, you know, just touch on that subject for a second. Okay, there's a difference in Christianity and religious. Anything could be uh, religion. Religion is a sort of form of a superstition. Christianity is the practice of a particular uh, belief. See, uh, oftentimes we say uh, we call ourselves the church, 
But the church comes from the Greek word ekklesia, meaning the called the call out one, those who separated themselves and were called out to do the work of the Lord. Now, I'm a member of the Christian faith. I'm not a Baptist. I'm not a Catholic. I'm not a Episcopalian. For gospel, you name apostolic. I'm none of those. I'm a member of the Christian faith. My faith lies in the beliefs of Jesus and teachings of Jesus Christ. Uh, I hear us try to do it. If you, those who are studious and know some things about the Bible, remember Paul's servant's sermon on Mars here. When he went to the he was in Greece and he went to the Arpogos and he looked at the Pantheon and he seen all these statues of idol gods. But when he got to one, it was an empty, I mean, uh, Pantheon that had no statue, but they said to the unknown God. And Paul made a profound statement. He said, I see in all things that you're very religious. Some version of the Bible say, I see that you're very superstitious because religion can be a superstition. And and I, so I agree with you, uh, Brother George, on that. The, that was the definition about that that is, is superstition. But the way we practice it, we got all kind of superstition. All you have to do is speak on something, and everybody, everything, okay, you're gonna be a millionaire. You're gonna be here. But no, my faith is in Jesus Christ, and whatever He have for me is for me. And I'm gonna go out and get it. I'm gonna do what it takes for me to go out. And if I don't get it, then evidently He don't want me to have it. And so that, that's when I'm practicing. And, yes, he did. And we have to, the very same people that enslaved us don't follow the religious beliefs of a Christian. <laughs> you can't beat a person. You can't rape them. You can't sell them because a whole lot of things that people lie for years about the Bible is not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible about Oh, the Bible tells you you're not supposed to be the slave. And if you hurt a slave in any way, you had to pay a penalty for it. <laughs> and then most of the slaves, they had sold themselves into slavery. Yeah. You know, they sold themselves. The, the slavery in the Bible wasn't just like the slavery what we went through. I mean, not we, but our foreparents went through. Amen. And we, we need to stay aware of that. It is told the Bible talks about it. Matter of fact, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote a, it was this, is it Ephesians where Paul was saying uh, about the treatment of a slave. He was talking about a slave. He <laughs> said, nor fornicators, adulterers, homosexual, nor slave owners, those who buy slaves shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. So, I mean, the people they talk about and go to these churches Sunday and don't believe anything that's being said because the Bible says love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the Bible says how could you say you love me who you've never seen but yet hate your neighbor and your neighbor is every man you see. So I'm of the opinion and, I'm, and I trust God that this country – is a racist country. I believe that. But no one could run me away from here because for the past about almost 400 years or more, my people have been here and worked for this country and worked to build a country. So they're not going to, you're not going to run me away. You had a problem, not me. 
<laughs> Amen, Brother George. You have something else you'd like to say? <laughs> Are there anyone else other than me and Brother George out there tonight that want to say something? If not, uh, Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Williams, I'd just like to tell the listening audience, God is real and God is good. Amen. In December of 2021, I, I uh, registered to win a trip to the Final Four, not believing after thousands and thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people, sign forms to get their name full to be a part of that experience. And out of everything, I was the only African-American, five individuals out of almost a million people fill out the form all over the United States. I was the only person from Louisiana. I was the only African-American whose name had got pulled. So it was only five individuals won. And they even have a screaming coming up with a little commercial ad with me coming on. They did a lot of shoots of me. And, they, and my son, uh, we was in New Orleans for five days, four nights, all expense paid for. Uh, each ticket that we went through, each ticket we had was worth $13,202 a ticket. And I went to three games, so you do that. And they gave me a thousand dollars to spend. So God has been good, and Amen. you know I, I thank God for the experience. And I was telling my son on on the way back to, to this morning because we left at eleven. We had to check out, and I was telling him if the Lord take me the day or tomorrow, you know, I, I have nothing against the Lord. I don't have I, I don't have no gripes. I've, I've, I've been like Paul. I've been abased and I've been abound. I've been up, I've been down. But God has been good to me, you know, so good to me. And uh, I just want us to, to hold our heads up at a race of people and go forward. Get your education. Get your trade. Learn it and build up. Don't let anybody tell you who you are. Pick the books up, and the books will tell you who you, who you are. You should know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. 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 God bless you, Pastor. Thank you for a powerful show tonight. Our brother George, thank you for being here, sir. Uh, everyone out yes, there sir. listening, God bless you. Thank you for being part of the show. Don't forget every Tuesday, History Talk with Pastor Dr. LaVert Kemp. Tune in, man. Learn something. Learn about who you are and whose you are. In the name of Jesus, man. Breaking chains. God bless you, Pastor. Back to you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And God bless each and everyone listening. And we thank you. And again, we ask that you ask questions, that you understand the only dumb question is one that you do not ask. You know, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. And we come in praying for everybody. We don't care if you're black, white. We don't care if you're rich or poor. We are praying for you, but we want you to have the knowledge and Get rid of the racist demons in our hearts and let them know that God don't make junk. God made everybody equal. So let us pray out. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for everything that has been said. We thank you for everything that's been done within this program. We thank you for Pastor Williams. We thank you for Brother George. 
for sharing with us tonight. We thank you, Lord, for all those who tuned in. And what we pray again that something said or done that gave us more knowledge of Jesus and gave us more knowledge of ourselves because we have a self-hate. Father, I thank you. I thank you for food on the table, clothes on our backs. I thank you for shelters. I thank you for a reasonable amount of portion of health and strength, wisdom and knowledge, teaching us how to endure all things. And, Lord, I just want to say thank you. Now, Lord, I pray, Lord, for all the ministries that Reverend Williams uh, have, all these different ministries, and I pray that we mm-hmm. stand by him, build him a way to announce strengthening ways. We lead and guide us, Lord, in the way you'd have us to go, but make us more like Christ. Oh, Lord, we repent of all sins, and, Lord, all we want to do is to follow you and have love and compassion for all mankind. We ask all these blessings in the mighty name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen, amen. Mm-hmm. I love everybody. Black, white, rich, and poor, and there's never nothing you could do about it. Amen. Mm-hmm. God bless you and good night. Good night. Mm-hmm. Oh, my people, I love you. We're family.
Thanks for turning us on this evening. Just know we are here to assist you in recovering your light from back from the darkness. Speak the truth with Young Adults Talk Live, a ministry for the people of God. So let's join together and recover what's ours. God bless you from the Young Adults Talk family.